0: Welcome to RB1, colon, a fantasy football podcast brought to you by BigTeen.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing tonight? <sighs> doing great. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, at the top of the show, we've got a couple things to touch up. Uh, well, just a little housekeeping news, I guess I should call it. one um maybe you hear my sensual rasp i had my cl- college reunion five-year reunion this last weekend and lost my horse and it reco- lost my voice and i'm recovering so i hope my sensual rasp becomes something that people desire more and i can continually scream leading up to the podcast each week so that i uh continue sounding like this um the other thing, the more important thing is that this is going to be all to all of you listeners out there, all you avid fan base that just really love and appreciate this show. Uh, this will be the last time for the next two weeks that you're going to hear my voice at the very least. Um, I don't know what Clark and Jordan have planned and and maybe host Clark and host Jordan will take over my gig when I come back. But I will be gone uh, the next two weeks getting married and then honeymooning. So um so this is this is my last time you'll hear my melodious tunes uh just for another two weeks it's a long time congratulations thanks i really just wanted to bring this up so that you could again just you know say congrats clark that's what i was here for and hoping that maybe you maybe all the beers that i'm owed could supply the alcohol for my wedding (laughs) we'll uh we'll check with stats information (laughs) I don't think I don't think there's regardless how much I'm owed I don't think it's enough to cover a uh, 170 person wedding, um, but <clears throat> enough about me. Um, we have some news on the docket. We've got some good topics. We're bringing back uh, past lovers, part two everyone, um, and we got the news. But instead of the news, we're going to bring back quotes from Minicap. But rebranded, uh, because I was realizing I record this and we were recording this, and then I put in the production music because you know, we're not high tech enough to be able to do those two things simultaneously, unless it's me playing it via my iPhone up against the uh the micro microphone, which you know isn't the best quality. So after we recorded this and I found the music that I wanted to do for this section, I was like, ah, I don't really think like my big deep, like the booming coats from MiniCam really fits the music toys. So I've rebranded it to fit the to fit the choice. So here we go with a whole bunch of quotes coming out of the NFL campus. But before we get into NFL quotes, let's start with a very important quote that I'm sure is on everyone's minds getting the people going from Mr. Hova himself. I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me, I don't need you. Every Clark, does the Super Bowl in fact need Jay-Z more than Jay-Z needs the Super Bowl?
1: I have long held that songs before Sunday night games and Monday night games and the Super Bowl halftime show are a complete waste of time and do not appeal to anyone who genuinely enjoys football. So I, for one, would feel it would be refreshing to have Jay-Z, who, even though I'm not the biggest fan, at least is a good artist that I would enjoy watching. So yeah, the NFL needs Jay-Z more than Jay-Z needs the NFL.
2: Yeah, I agree with Clark. Um, Ironically, the Super Bowl halftime show really hasn't been good since Beyonce was on the first time and Destiny's Child came out. So, I'd say it hasn't been good since Janet Jackson's
1: booby made an appearance. And that wasn't that was a
0: that was a very uh, not to not to date you, Clark, but that was a very integral time of my childhood. (laughs) Was seeing a breast on live
2: television
0: was a really big deal for me as a kid.
2: I remember, remember where I was
0: for be... that. I 100% remember where I was for that.
2: <laughs> but I wasn't in the room. That's that. I remember <laughs> the crushing. problem. Like I wasn't in the room. <sighs> I remember when that
1: used to be a scandal. Those were the yeah. days. Naked boobies on television. Like a um, sort of a sort of boob. A anyway, sort of uh, yeah. a Go Jay Z. Thank you. I'm I'm kind of upset with the NFL right now, so I'm glad they're getting some comeuppance from. Yeah.
0: Let's also let's also quickly speak on the fact that Jay-Z and Beyoncé dropped a completely unknown album and it is fantastic and I love every second of it. So y'all keep doing what you guys are doing and that is literally ruining the world of uh, music and I guess all multimedia platforms. Except titles, let's uh, let's be honest. But they released on uh, Apple Music so I'll take that for a win.
1: I'm glad other people are happy about that.
0: <laughs> I assume I take it you have not listened to it.
1: I haven't caught it. So they did a bit on the round the NFL like this week or last week when it dropped and they started playing something and it was supposed to be this huge joke that it was clearly not Jay-Z. And I was and like, oh, well, didn't get that like, joke oh, at all until you started yeah, was Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this sounds odd, but it's
2: close. <laughs> it sounds kind like Jay-Z, but it's not. Jordan, have you heard it? I don't have title, so. No, but it's on Apple to Apple Music. Oh, it's on Apple Music now? Yeah, the whole album.
0: And they also have the – they released Ape Shit, the single, as a YouTube. The music video for it is – if you haven't seen the music video, everyone, go pause this podcast, go watch the music video for Ape Shit, and then then return to us because we have have good NFL news coming right here, right now. So now that that's decided, now that we have confirmed – Uh, that the nfl and the super bowl needs jay-z more than jay-z needs the nfl and the super bowl nfl uh if you disagree with that come on to the podcast and talk to us now let's decide let's cue the music up and let's welcome the new rebranded they said what My, my my horse voice didn't really play that well but it's okay
1: I'm just glad that your Tim Gunn hasn't made a repeat Uh, appearance from last week. (laughs) That
0: that impression is dead. (laughs) That that will never hit the surface of the podcast industry ever again. Um, All right, so let's do this. Panthers want Cam Newton to know, quote, checking down is okay. Which I love. I love this notion that like new head coaches coming in can reinvent a quarterback midway through their career. Has that ever worked in the past? Yeah, Jared Goff. No no no. no, I mean, Jared Goff had yeah. one season under his belt. Cam Newton has gone to a Super Bowl, <laughs> has had an MVP season. All of this on the back of just chucking the ball down the field and running when he needs to gain short yardage, never taking the check down.
1: Rich Cannon with uh with Cruden? <laughs> like this challenge accepted, Pete. This, I'm just gonna interrupt just the show. Interrupt all the show now.
0: randomly throughout it just to just to prove when when this uh when this reinvention in the middle of your career has worked.
1: Yeah. I just done no, with you. Yeah. I want to come up with the coaching phrase for all of these. Uh, checkdown ain't a letdown. That's like nice. they're gonna put on a T-shirt.
0: To put that. That's gonna be the new Panthers anthem. Instead of keep pounding, it's gonna be checkdown ain't a letdown. Dak: Colon boys plan on quote surprising a lot of people in 2018. In what way, Dak? <laughs> in sucking. He didn't. He didn't say how.
2: That's so he's true. left it open.
0: This is, this is, you know what this is? This is like, uh, this is making a very open-ended beer bet so that you can get get your beers regardless of what they are. You're covering your bases on all levels. In fact, we should commend him for it. Do we, how do we feel about the Cowboys passing game this
2: year? I think it should be fine. I mean, towards the end of their career, since Dak took over, it's not like Des Bryant and Jason Witten were still world-beating, you know, pass catchers on the offense. It's all about... Zeke Elliott and getting that, um, play action game rolling for Zach. So, or for Dak, sorry. Um, so I also needs that play action (laughs) for Zach Martin. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think as long as they have actual NFL players who can catch the football, that remains to be seen at tight end, but they certainly have that at wide receiver. So it just, I, I don't think those losses add up to too much. And there's always one team you expect to entirely regress and fall to like four and 12, three and 13. Um, but there's always those teams that just totally avoid that. So I think the, the Cowboys very well could be fine this year. Falcons, Allen: colon, rookie, Calvin Ridley, quote, the real deal to which I ask
0: you guys, Clark, well, <laughs> Clark shaking his head. So I'm already, already starting with him on this. What would you have to see from Ridley? Do you feel comfortable drafting him in like the first seven rounds? His current ADP is 10, 10. So like, what, did, what from what from Ridley would he have to show you to be like, you know what? This is the real deal. I'm taking him in the seventh.
1: I think he would have to show me that he's the only starting wide receiver that showed up for game one. So, so Julio would have to not be there to take mm-hmm. him in the seventh. Would you have liked taking Mohamed Sanu, an established NFL wide receiver, in the seventh? No, that's no. too high.
0: When was the last time that we saw a rookie receiver come in and have an immediate impact? Amari Cooper, which I say like like you know, everyone's like, oh, Amari Cooper's relatively on the mind. He was came in what three or four years ago? Been a lot of like highly touted receivers that have come into this league as rookies and have been very much underperformed. So let's you know, let's not get too excited,
1: you guys. Yeah, we got spoiled with twenty fourteen when Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham came on and did really well, and then team started drafting wide receivers a lot higher. And since then it's been a bit of a glut or a bit of a bit of a letdown.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Brandon Cooks too. But um, in redraft leagues as somebody who habitually overdrafts young rookie wide receivers, the hope that I just strike gold right away. Um, I don't need to see a whole lot from Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to be the best wide receiver out of the rookie class right away. He might get passed up later down the road, but I think right away, he's the most equipped to start on week one and um, just rack up those PPR points. There you go. And our final NFL quote coming to you
0: from Oh Jordan. It's your team Packers. Mike McCarthy quote, we're going running back by committee. Jordan, why is he doing this to us? Why can't he just give the backfield to Aaron Jones Put Montgomery back as a receiver and call it a day.
2: Um, because he doesn't like any sort of fantasy output that is guaranteed unless it's from Aaron Rodgers. You never know what receiver to draft from the Packers. Now that they have like a three-headed monster, or at least a two-headed monster in the backfield for running back, now they don't want you to know which one you should draft there either. Um, it's what's best for the Packers as a team because um, I-, I was at – one of their practices last week and everybody whether that's Ty Montgomery, Jamal yes, Williams, yes, Aaron Jones, yes, Clark. <laughs> even Mays was looking really good. So um, I, I don't know, I guess just hesitate. But if I'm picking one Packers running back, I'm going with my homeboy Jones.
0: Yeah, Aaron Jones just looked superior last year. He looked like the best running back they got.
1: Yeah, and I'll give a really quick hitter on this one. The reason he said that is because it's obviously the right football decision. You watch games where Aaron Jones was the feature back and you're like, holy, sh- this guy's really good. They should yeah. start him all the time. And then you watch games where Williams is the starter and you're like, oh man, this guy's really good. They should start him all the time. And then you watch games with Ty Montgomery and you're like, oh, this guy's good enough. They should start him all it's like, well, so what are we going to do? Like, yes. Don't draft any of these guys unless you can do it late and hold on to them. But good for the Packers, bad for fantasy.
0: So there you go. There are your... I got oh. one. Oh, gonna- Clark- can I... Clark would so- like to add to the, uh, to the they said what
1: segment. Let's hear it. So Texans coach John Perry said, wide receiver coach said, he's done everything we've asked him to do. Speaking of wide receiver Kiki QT. And I would just like to point out <laughs> QT 5'10", 180 pounds... You know who else is 5'10", 180 pounds? Antonio Brown.
0: Boom. So basically, the Texans have just found themselves the next Antonio Brown. Basically. All right. Well, there you go. There is they said what? Uh, just a nice little recap of quotes around the uh, NFL. Um I would be very curious before we get into our our, our main kind of a segment of the podcast, I'd be very curious to see what exactly a NFL team would be like if they were coached by a fantasy football player, like someone who cared about fantasy football, you know, like all of these coaches clearly don't, but like, what if you had a coach who was just like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do 75% of the snaps. is going to be this guy at running back. And then we're going to do another 5%. is going to be this guy. And then at wide receiver, all of our targets are going to this guy, especially in the red zone. He's going to be our only guy to get the touchdown. So if you were going to draft something like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? There's 32 teams. Let's just have one of these coaches uh, be fantasy-minded. You know, it's a big industry. It could get them a lot of money. Maybe they get sponsored by FanDuel or uh, DraftKings or faketeams.com. I mean, we got I've got a large budget
2: to throw around here. You want 50 bucks a month? You got it, NFL. <laughs> They'd be like four to five wide on every offensive play. There'd be no punting. There'd be no field goals. You'd be going for it and trying to get every single yard that you could.
0: (laughs) I think I I just think that one team should. I mean, let's be honest. The Browns. How much success have you had? The Browns playing football, the quote unquote right way. Maybe you guys just steer into this whole fantasy pathway and just make yourself fantasy darlings and like tell the fans exactly how much you're going to utilize each player where you're going to utilize them, how many points they can expect from each player, and then, you know, just kind of see what happens. If you're going to be bad, you might as well be fun. Might as well be fun. I just think it makes sense. Um, that's our pitch to be the coach of the Browns.
1: Uh, we literally could not do worse. We, you, Exactly.
0: Exactly. What do you have to lose, Cleveland? What do you have to lose? Well, LeBron, but other than LeBron lose, losing LeBron, what do you have to
1: LeBron's lose? LeBron's coming to Houston, so don't worry about that.
0: Ooh, curioso. <laughs> Well, you heard there first. I'm glad I was. Very, uh, there were a lot of rumors or speculation that there was a, a moment where LeBron was possibly doing the Boston thing, and I was like, "No, I'm I'm cool, LeBron." Which isn't a preposterous thing to say. Like, of course, yes, if LeBron actually came to Boston, I convinced myself that was the right thing that he did. But uh, you know, it will be hard to root for him against uh, since I've been rooting against him for basically his entire career. Anywho's. Lovers, Part Two. We're bringing it back. Cue the slow jazz and the sexy saxophone. We did this in an episode way back uh, when it was Jonathan and I doing the podcast. And Clark, I believe this might be your—this might have been your first episode that you joined the podcast. I could be wrong. You were definitely on the show. I can't recall if it was your first or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's called preparation by a host. God damn it. Hey man, um,
1: sure. Something's knocking around in there. It sounds familiar.
0: So we listed a few on the show, and we'll do it again today. So we're going to list a few past levers who we've had, uh, who we just can't help drafting, no matter their predicament heading into the season. Uh, and an example is so last so last year on the podcast when we did this, I nailed, absolutely nailed one of my picks. Uh, the past love of mine was DeAndre Hopkins, who was coming off a bad year with Brock Lobster playing quarterback, and I had had him on the my team the year before. Before that so what was that back in 2016 or really 2015 um where he was great and so i drafted him everyone because i was like you know what i just trust deandre hopkins and what do you know he's the best wide receiver in football this year so <laughs> i think i know what i'm doing um so we each have three players uh who we have had experienced success with in the past on past teams or who we just have a uh, infatuation with um and who we will draft or or kind of con- talk ourselves into regardless of the current situation that they are in. So, Jordan, let's start with you. Give us your first player. Give us your first uh, past love that you just can't let go.
2: So this player just always ends up landing on my fantasy team. Never really as a starter in any situation unless the person ahead of him gets injured. But it's TJ Yeldon. Um Every time I watch a Jacksonville Jaguars game, I feel like when he comes in in relief, he's doing something, if not a little bit more. And I'm always perplexed. It's got to be something in practice where he's underperforming or something like that because he always looks really good. Um, According to CBS, he's only 14% owned in leagues this past year. Um, He started off the gate hot in his rookie year when he had 119 fantasy points you know kind of thought maybe that would trend upwards they didn't have Leonard Fournette at that time um but then 2016 87 fantasy points 2017 57 fantasy points and this is for full point PPR league um i mean he's a solid pass catching back he's only 24 years old um but man when that um when that 2015 year happened he had 740 rushing yards and 279 receiving yards i thought he was going to be something And now I'm just convinced myself that TJ Yeldon just needs his own team. Like he just needs his own backfield and let him run wild.
0: Which is 100% true because remember those times where Leonard Fournette was injured slash suspended for his own team because of things that whatever, whatever it was. There was a game particularly against the Colts. I remember Yeldon just like raked. Like Yelton is a very good running back and, and, you know, they got Leonard Fournette quickly into his young career. And so I definitely agree with you, Jordan. I think he's someone that if he had his own backfield or even was the number one or two guy
2: well-established, he could do something. He could be someone. Yeah, there there are a lot of people right now questioning whether the Cowboys should have drafted Zeke Elliott or if they should have actually went after Jalen Ramsey. And the same could be said maybe by next year or the year after where Jaguars fans might be thinking, well, why don't we just stick with Yeldon, who's a pretty solid running back, and use somebody else for that number four overall pick. Mm, There you go. Heard it first on the podcast.
0: TJ Yeldon better than Leonard Fournette. (laughs) He says no. Love TJ Yeldon. <laughs> Clark, give us your uh, first past love, who you just can't let go. All right, this is centered over, around, over under hundred percent. It's a running back.
1: <laughs> I intentionally mixed it up because I want to go off-brand.
0: Oh my this goodness! Life. This is this is so unlike you.
1: I love. it. I'm saving it. the four hundred words of notes that I have for the last person, and that one is a running back. Perfect. So, <laughs> I'm stockpiling these articles for when people start writing or reading articles again. Excellent. So my my love that I think is a fantastic value this year that I've been writing for a long time is the Matt Forte of modern era wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, yes. For three or four years, everybody's been saying how... Is this going to be the last year for Larry Fitzgerald? I'd rather be a year early than a year late, which is just a dumbass thing to say. Like, who cares which way you miss? Like, if, <laughs> it's not dynasty. Like, so who cares which way that you miss? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the past three years, finished fifth, ninth, and 11th, going 2017 back to 2015 in PPR. And he's unquestionably the number one wide receiver in the Cardinals for either Sam Bradford, who when he's healthy is a good quarterback or Josh Rosen, who I think is better than anybody who played quarterback for the Cardinals last year and talking geriatric uh, Carson Palmer, God rest in peace.
0: I thought you were going to say anyone who's played for the Cardinals in Fitz's career. And I was like, Whoa, no, 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 Josh
1: no. Rosen better than Kurt Warner. No, 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 I'm not. I love hyperbole, but not that much. Um, uh, so now, so, Larry Fitzgerald is going number 32, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. So you're getting him in the third round. Larry Fitzgerald is the perfect wide receiver to pick as your wide receiver one when you've decided to get a couple of running backs first or maybe to pick up Gronk or Kelsey because he gives you that very solid floor for a wide receiver two. And then you just have to find one wide receiver Throughout the rest of the year somewhere So I love Larry Fitzgerald, I've loved him for years He won me my first championship I forget what year But I needed like 8 points And he caught like a 30 yard touchdown Against the 49ers And it was watching it all pixelated streaming from Russia Because I couldn't afford cable when I was in college It was fantastic So I love you Larry Can't quit you Can't argue with that
2: Larry Fitz is going to be going to have fantasy relevance Until he retires from the NFL yeah, Larry Fitz has like Tom Brady syndrome, you just don't know when they might fall off or if they ever or even they have a will. point in their career where they do fall off. Yeah. Right?
0: My first guy who I am in love with seemingly, and I just can't give him up, uh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard somehow is just like a very respectable ru- fantasy running back in the last two years. He's been a top 10 running back. He was RB10 last year and RB9 the year before. Uh, he's consistent performance, and he's someone who I think. Or I should say I hope, but I think it's going to take a big step forward with Matt Nagy at the helm, which could which could bump him into top five category. Um, He's just one of those guys who and I wrote an article about this a long time ago, uh, just what I called like the Melvin Gordon syndrome, who are just people who you just kind of like forget are really good at fantasy. And Jordan Howard definitely falls into that where he. If I were to select, and I think I literally can speak to this because this is always my experience because I drafted him. He was on my team the last two years. I would always take him like on that back turnaround in the second round. So I would have like a later round in the first and then kind of early in the second, I would take him. And I'd always be like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll take Jordan Howard here. You don't know, feel great about it, but he always performs. He's gives you top 10 numbers. You can't argue with that. So Jordan Howard is a guy, you know? Heading his third year, the Brown, uh, the Bears now have a, a brand-new offensive coordinator who just brought Kareem Hunt to the rushing title. Let's see what he can do with Jordan Howard.
2: Look, he great first name. Always pretty <laughs> solid. You don't know if his numbers are a little bit stunted from the Bears' offensive line, because that's always been a little middling. But he's not flashy. However, he will get you at least four yards of carry. And he'll just yeah. grind out double digit fantasy points for you week in and week out. And it's, it's not something that's pretty to watch. You don't tune into bears games to watch Jordan Howard go off, but he sneakily does consistently. Exactly. He performs even with Tariq Cohen. He
0: performs.
1: Yeah. I think Jordan Howard suffers from being good and everyone looking forward to the next thing, hmm. expecting someone to be better. Jordan Howard's just a solid back. He's that guy that you see early in the third and you're like, Oh, Okay. Slot him in as your second running back all year, and then all of a sudden you look down and you're like, oh, I've had a pretty solid season out of this guy that nobody wanted and everyone laughed at me. of like, oh, so the offense is going to change. He can't catch. It's like, well, yeah, but he got 12 touchdowns, so it right. seems pretty good.
0: Yeah, still works.
2: Uh, Jordan, your second lover who you can't quit. Oh, this is a guy I literally cannot quit because he always ends up on my team, and it's Eric Ebron. I don't know why, wow. and I don't know how. Wow, that but is... He- <laughs> yes he's consistently on my fantasy teams either as the starting tight end because i missed out oh on Brock and kelsey and zach ertz or he's like just a slot in backup tight end um Jordan just
0: gets th- to like gets to like the 11th round and just blacks out and somehow <laughs> he wakes up the next
2: morning he's like Ah, oh, eric ebron's here <laughs> oh eric ebron's coming back to the party again <laughs> 2014, 30 fantasy points, 2015, 83, 2016, 83, 2017, 79. So kind of consistent across the board. He's just always outside of the top 10. And I feel like he's one of those players that everybody's waiting. Like, oh, he's going to make the leap. Like, come on, he's going to do it. He's going to be a top eight tight end. It's it's never Eric Ebron's case because he was a first round pick. So yeah. You kind of expect him to be good, but I mean, he's just never consistent.
1: First of all, appreciate your loyalty to people that you've <laughs> fallen in love with. And I, too, have fallen prey to, man, he looks pretty good. Like, I don't know why it hasn't connected right? yet. I think this year is going to be the year, right? and I'm going to do it again. I know I'm going to do
2: it again this year. I have that person. Good quarterback. Like, you place in a dome. Come on, man.
0: I have that person. <laughs> it's my, 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 my next one's uh amir Abdullah. that's my guy i look back at the league that i've played which i've played nice. with this league for five years uh or this will be the fifth year i've drafted him two out of the four years that we've that we've played like i just keep waiting for his breakout season and i always want to be the guy who's like oh i drafted him suck it everyone else can steal with it because i'm brilliant <laughs> but obviously that never plays out like that um and odds are I'll draft him this year because I'll still think, like, hey, Matt Patricia wants to run the football. Yeah, they got you know LeGarrette Blunt, but this is the year Amir Abdullah finally breaks out and it won't happen. So I totally feel that. Like it's always that player where you're as soon as you as soon as you hit draft on that player, you're just like, Oh god, I regret everything I've ever done. This was an awful choice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those picks where you're like dang it i should have drafted for that position a lot earlier <laughs> and now i'm stuck with eric ebron
0: it's like you drafted like running back wide receiver wide receiver tight end wide receiver then you're like amir Abdullah, rb2 baby let's do this
2: <laughs> dang it i need a tight end oh right I until i die receiver,
0: wide
2: receiver oh
1: man they yeah, have this false sense of superiority that's the kind of person that i'm pick and everyone starts laughing i'm like you just wait you're all wrong i'm the one that's right and you'll see and i've done that with amir abdullah for a couple of years i've done that
0: so many times and it just has not paid out uh clark who give us your second past love that's still still so near and dear to your heart all
1: right my my second past love is someone likely near and dear to your heart pete Uh, My past love that I just can't quit, that I always draft earlier than everyone says I should, but I don't care is Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, yeah, I mean... For three or four years, the conversation has been, is Rob Gronkowski worthy of a first-round pick? And now, for some reason, Gronk is lasting until the middle of the third round. It's preposterous. Rob Gronkowski is on almost all of my best ball teams, and in the fake team's mock, Rob Gronkowski is on my team because... I was willing to take Rob Gronkowski in the first round and now he's falling. And especially in shorter leagues, like if you're in a 10-team league, you need to draft a quarterback early and you need to draft well you need to draft Aaron Rodgers early and you need to ra- draft Rob Gronkowski early cuz those are the types of teams that win. Like Kareem Hunt came out of nowhere, Alvin Kamara came out of nowhere. We have wide receivers that come out of nowhere. What we don't have are quarterbacks and tight ends that just come out of nowhere and absolutely dominate the league we just don't see that particularly tight ends I mean no there's a few examples out there but we see it all the time with running back and wide receiver Mm -hmm. so I love Gronk I'm going to have an advantage against everyone that I play every week and I'm confident enough that I can pick a couple of guys up off the waiver wire or make a couple of good trades to balance out my other positions so I've been in love with Gronk since the start I just I can't stop
0: Gronk is a very hard person in the second round to pass for me, regardless of where I am in the second round. It's just like if he is healthy for 16 games, which he has been for the last two seasons, he is going to be the best tight end in fantasy. There's just, there's not, it's not a question. There's no one who even sniffs him. It's like, it will be Gronk. It's just a matter of whether or not
2: he's healthy. Yeah. Gronk's floor has got to be the second round. Um, If, He's being left in the third round. I don't know why you passed him up. Right. Him and Travis Kelsey, I would count more. You got to start thinking of it as pass catchers rather than wide receivers and tight ends because that makes you devalue the tight end position. And, you know, if you're playing with the flex position, you can slot a tight end in there too. You got to start treating Gronk like he's a wide receiver because if he was in that group, he's probably a top 15 player. Totally. Yeah, that's a good idea.
0: Let's wrap back around, Jordan. Last round, uh, your third and final player, who is buried himself deep into your heart and is currently living there and has been living there for a long time.
2: Oh, this one's my favorite, and it is Mr. Ryan Tannehill, oh! <laughs> of Miami Dolphin.
0: Oh, this is so so painful. <laughs>
2: To be fair, never as a starter, I've never, he's never been like the first quarterback I've drafted, but I've sure. always had him on my bench. <laughs> um, the problem with Ryan Tannehill is he's never not thrown double digit interceptions. Um, so over the past five years, 13 picks, 17 picks, 12, 12 and 12 <laughs> interceptions. Um, the good thing is he still gets huge chunks of yards and, um, ironically I wrote down this comparison he is like Jay Cutler he gets lots of yards makes plenty of mistakes and you're always waiting like maybe this is the time that Ryan Tannehill comes becomes elite but he's never topped 27 touchdowns and he's just again he's another one of those quarterbacks that you draft you put him on your bench to back up your actual starter to Plug in during a buy, or plug in in case of injury, hoping that Ryan Tannehill finally breaks out and has an elite quarterbacking season. But it just never happens. I need to break up with Ryan Tannehill and block his phone number and block him on all social media. Agreed. Don't don't (laughs) do that anymore. That is not a
0: relationship we're going to endorse, Jordan.
2: That is that is. These are your friends telling you to get out. It, I'm too close to the situation, I think. I just I, – I need some counsel here.
1: <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> You're going to get out of it and then realize that the sky is bluer, yeah. flowers – Or
2: Ryan is going to come back from injury
1: and just have a amazing season. No, stop putting that idea in his head, Pete. That's how you keep yourself. It's like, she'll change. No, like, it's going to work out. It's not always bad. Like. Don't, don't do that,
2: Pete. Devontae Parker's in a contract year.
0: Devontae Parker's really going to be good this year. Better. He can do better. Oh, man. Clark, your third and final past love.
1: So I'm going to try and keep this short. If you have old southerner tells a story <laughs> music, do you want to play under <laughs> this, Pete? Oh, oh it's already it's playing. Uh, so I fell in love with a young running back in 2015 by the name of dion lewis after being (laughs) shelved in philadelphia for two years lewis burst on the scene for the patriots all of a sudden we had a do-it-all ankle-breaking receiving back who ran up the middle like a savvy vet his breakout season was cut short after he tore his acl in week nine Some are still feeling burned from the disappointing season that Lewis gave us in 2016, despite optimism during draft season, he did not play until week 11. Even though he had more than a year to recover from his ACL, when he returned to action, he just didn't look like the Dion Lewis of old, causing many of us to speculate that perhaps this was another flash in the pan that would never recover to his formal glory. Fast forward to fantasy draft season of 2017. James White is coming off a Super Bowl MVP worthy three touchdown performance. The Patriots have signed utility back extraordinaire Rex Burkhead and Buffalo's small sample size standout Mike Gillisley. It would have been polite to consider Dion Lewis an afterthought. And so Dion Lewis goes on to lead the Patriots running back in fantasy points scored, of course the only Patriots back to suit up for all 16 regular season games. Lewis's performance was not a workhorse, season-long domination performance, but we did see that Lewis had his quicks back, and we did see that he could run up the middle. And now it's 2018, and the Tennessee Titans went out and gave Deion Lewis a four-year, $20 million contract with $5.7 million guaranteed, which is all in the first year, and we don't need to worry about that. This very team-friendly deal came after the Titans made their coaching changes, bringing in Matt LaFleur, who of course, as we all know, cut his teeth with Kyle Shanahan, who loves the zone read. Unfortunately for Derrick Henry fans, and I'm talking to you, Pete, who drafted the backup running back in Tennessee two rounds before I picked Dion Lewis, the zone scheme requires agility and being able to cut instead of running meandering, curvy, rushing lanes, I don't know what to call it, with rushing, like Derrick Henry does. So if you give Derrick Henry a big hole in a big runway, super fast. Ask Derrick Henry to choose where he needs to run and cut. And guys, you have this year's Tevin Coleman. He's fast, but he can't do much other than just run upfield if you give him a big hole. So the back that I fell in love with in 2015, who's going to win you your Fantasy League this year and who's available in the fifth round, is Dion Lewis.
0: I feel like that was majority, just like, let's throw shade at Pete in every possible way. <laughs> it was like 65%. <laughs> like 65%. Did not need to bring Tevin Coleman into
2: this. I smell a 30 for 30 short. Like, <laughs> what if I told you Dion Lewis was more than a one-hit wonder? <laughs> Narrated by Clark Pars. <laughs> I am just, in. just Clark just watching
0: highlights. Oh God, this is so beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I like for all of you who are like, shut the <laughs> up, Clark. I, am, I I cut three paragraphs out <laughs> of that. <laughs> I, I tried to keep it short.
0: Oh, uh, it's so funny when you said too that the Patriots brought in a whole new lit. You know, brought in Rex Burkhead and uh, Mike Illisley last year. I literally wrote an article titled Dion Lewis is the odd man out in the Patriots backfield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a hundred percent like coming off of ACL, like his role can be replenished or can be replaced by James White. And now you've got Rex Burkett who also does very similar things. And you know, Mike Gillisley is now your power back, blah, 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 blah. And when, you know, he comes back and he puts together a phenomenal, I mean, he was RB 12 in standard leagues. It's a
1: legit season. That's good shit. No. Yeah, he just played for the Patriots, so you never knew when to start yeah, him. Yeah, you just
0: never knew when to start him. Hopefully that's not true in Tennessee. Yeah, I can't I can't criticize that, Clark. Can't at all. Uh, my third and final past love that I can't give up is not even really someone who I can't give up because I've only had him one year because he's only been in the NFL one year. But I thoroughly enjoyed the time I had him, and that was Evan Ingram. Talking about tight ends, I grabbed him off of waiver wires last year once Ertz got injured, and he played really well for me. Obviously the addition of Odell in the offense changes some things regarding targets and whatnot, but I think that he did enough his rookie year to warrant a big role this year. And I particularly think the reason why he's really in line uh, to be a solid tight end option, possibly even a top five guy. I think he was top five this year. Anyways, um, play action. I think play action with Saquon Barkley is really going to bring those linebackers in and that's going to open up the middle of the field for Evan Ingram to work in. So I think he's someone that is going pretty late because, People are kind of overlooking him now, now that, you know, the Eli Manning has Odell back and they're kind of thinking in the sake Barkley that the Giants offense is very different and maybe overlooking Evan Ingram, but he's someone who played very well for me. And I think if he was available in later rounds, I would happily take him as either my tight end one
2: or, or a backup tight end that very well could replace my tight end one. This just brings my uh, tight end and wide receiver, group them into yeah. just past catchers, like that argument just comes full circle now Um, because Evan Ingram is just basically a wide receiver. He's right. hardly a tight end. He might be a little bit bigger than your average wide receiver, but that's about it. And um, yeah, I won a championship last year starting Evan Ingram in the slot, like, or not in the slot, in the flex all year. So all in on Evan Ingram. I think, you know, now that Hunter Henry's yeah. gone down, There's a there's a top five tight end slot to be had and I think Evan Ingram can snatch that up.
1: Yeah, this one's tough. You have to wonder if he did so well because he was one of the only options available. Uh, But even if if you feel that that's the case, for a rookie tight end to step in and do so well when called upon, I think gives a lot of merit to the story of that he is really good, and especially for fantasy is going to be a good producer, so... Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do. I think a lot of people are expecting a bounce back because it's hard to hit rock bottom and not bounce up. Uh, So we'll see. Evan Ingram has showed that he he is talented, and Eli Manning has shown that he likes throwing to the tight end. So it'll be interesting to see if there's enough to go around with uh, Odell Beckham coming back to get his 2,700 yards and uh, 23 touchdowns this year.
0: There you go. There's our past loves. Part two. Uh, jazz music, sexy saxophones and all. Really, we just did this because uh, we were just looking for a dissertation from Clark about his favorite running backs and he did not disappoint. So it's a wins all around for everyone. Uh, With that, you can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and make sure to rate and review. Also do so on Stitcher if you're not an Apple person or do both. We don't care. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself, at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark, at NFL Clark. And follow Jordan, at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And I will not be back at you for another two weeks, but you very well likely will have the delightful voices of Clark and Jordan still echoing in your ear holes. So do not fret. Do not waste. Fantasy News is coming at you, and they will be back at you next week. Peace!